Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again on The Talking Dead. This is number 26 for October the 11th, 2010. On this episode, we are going to be talking about New York Comic Con, which took place this weekend. And of course, there was a huge Walking Dead panel. Now, Jason and I weren't there, but we do have two foreign correspondents coming to us from New York to give us a full report on everything that went down. The first one is a uh, person that some of you listeners might be familiar with. It's Jason McDonald. He is the guy that did the Walking Dead Google map that we had on a few weeks ago. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. Good to be here. Should call you Jay so we don't get confused. <clears throat> also joining us is another listener from New York who emailed and offered to uh, take some notes, do a report, and come on the show, Ethan Kalman. Ethan, thanks hey. for joining us. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. That's great. So you guys were both there. Did you both go to the panel? Uh, I did not. That was I Sunday. Went. I did not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was able to go. I only went on Sunday, so I got to see the panel, which was uh, pretty fantastic. Cool. So yeah, I, I did the Friday uh, professionals, um, uh, the early entrance, and uh, and then uh, got to meet Robert that day, and then uh, huh. went back on Saturday. Uh, for for other things, but it's it's just insane on Saturday and Sunday, just packed, yeah, sold out. It was, yeah. it was definitely packed on Sunday. Couldn't even yeah. walk around the main floor. Yeah. Uh, so Jason, you, uh, I think the first day you got there, you called our voicemail line and you left me a message. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and play it right now. We'll uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see if it comes through, and uh, if you guys can't hear it, uh, that's okay. We'll we'll get it in the show when it's done. But oh, here we go. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jason. Uh, it's uh, Jason McDonald, your foreign correspondent. Uh, I am here at the New York City Comic Con, and uh, I'm going to try to go see Robert Kirkman and uh, give you guys an update. Uh, I'm going to try to get Robert to sing uh, O Canada. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but we'll see. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure if that guy's, that came out to you guys. Did you hear that? Yep. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, good. All right. So... Big question. Did you get a chance to talk to Kirkman, and did you get him to sing O Canada? Uh, I got to talk to Robert, uh, but uh, he did not want to sing O Canada because he did not want to butcher it. He did not know the exact lines, and uh, oh, his fair. words didn't want to do a Roseanne Barr, and, you know, Ooh. he be uh, you know, humiliated or you know, didn't want to create any bad blood. So. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Fair enough, I suppose. Um, yeah. give, a, give us a little rundown of what you guys talked about. What else did you did you hear from him? Um, well, I introduced myself. I told him I was the, the guy that you know works on the map, and uh, he started laughing, and he started pointing out all the mistakes that I made. <laughs> and then he stopped, and, and he jokingly said, no, I'm just kidding. He says, everything's great. You know, everything's fine. And um, he just, uh, I gave him a, a copy of one of my books that uh, they had done, told him, you know, he inspired me to, to, to do this and work on it. And uh, it was just, it was just great. Um, I and just asked him, you know, how he felt about the final product of, of the show. And he said he couldn't have uh, asked for anything better. It's, um, it's, it goes beyond his expectations. So, um, yeah, he was really, he's really, really, really psyched and really happy. So. 
And is he, he he's a pretty approachable guy. Eh? He's just easy to talk to. He he was walking actually around um, early Friday, um, just walking around to the to the different stalls, the you know kiosks and whatnot. And uh, people were coming up to him, and he was you know he would sign something, shake a hand, keep walking, and uh, yeah, he's he's really no 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 blown up ego or anything like that. He's he's really a great great guy. That's really cool. We're hoping. Well, we have a like a fan expo thing up here in Toronto every year. And we were hoping there'd be some sort of walking dead presence there. It was just last month and, uh, he could come anything, but nobody, nobody came. So <laughs> right. it's, right. uh, you know, maybe as, as the show progresses, we'll get him up here. Cause I'd love to meet him too. He sounds like a really, really neat guy. Yeah. I don't know. He, he's really good. And then, and, and I talked to him about uh, skybound, you know, his new, his new line for image. And, you know, he was just telling me that, you know, he's been putting a lot of energy into that now too. So, and uh, keeping his fingers crossed with season two, I asked him if he, you know, heard anything <laughs> through the grapevine, and uh, he was—he uh, just smiled at me. So I don't know if that was a tell or if that was, you know, he doesn't really know. It's a tell. It's a tell. <laughs> it's a tell. I believe that uh, season two is a go, and they're just hiding it and yeah, uh, releasing a disinformation campaign for sure. Well, they brought it up at the panels. You know, people were asking. Uh, you know, I think that the moderator asked them at the panel, and um, Gail Ann Hurd actually. Can you guys still hear me? Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Oh, something sounded like a cutout. All right. Um, yeah, Galen Hurd said at the um, at the panel that um, to write in and to everybody watch it live. And I don't know, it didn't sound like it was a foregone conclusion because she was like, make sure you write in to AMC and tell them you want to see a second season. But maybe that was just them being, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, we should do being that. Being cautious, you know. Well, yeah, we should write in. Everybody should write in. Well, I definitely we'll, want a second season. You yeah, know? we'll get the address and uh, and and broadcast it for sure. Everybody yeah, absolutely. Write a letter. Absolutely, we can get a. I'm sure we can get a few listeners to do that. All right, so let's move on to the panel. Uh, Ethan, give us your rundown. I guess the big thing there was the footage. Of course, it was from, as I understand, it was from episode number two, not the first yeah. one. Yep. Can you give us some details? What did you see? Well, it's going to be kind of spoilery, I guess. I don't know if you guys want to hear oh, everything. That's or fine. We want to hear everything. Or, okay. Yeah, I've I've read a description of it myself, but I, I want to hear it uh, from you. So yeah, let's let's get into it. If there's anybody out there who is worried about spoilers, it really is spoiler heavy. So you might want to skip ahead a little bit. All right. So it basically starts out, and it looks like what what the end of the first episode is going to be, where Rick gets into the tank, and then there's the overhead shot of all the zombies trying to get into the tank. And then, it, so it's showing that from high above, it zooms in, and then it goes inside the tank, and you see him in there, and the radio comes on. We hear a voice. We don't know who it is at first, but we kind of figure out through hearing it that it's Glenn. So he starts telling Rick to, you know, to trying to get him to get out of the tank and get him an escape route. So he tells him to get as much ammo as he possibly can, and he, he gets a grenade. He picks it up off a, a dead zombie guy, that you know, military guy that's inside the tank. He gets uh, some, some pistol ammo, and he tells Glenn, all right, he's ready to go. Glenn tells him to leave the tank and go across the street away from where the, uh, the zombie horse feast is going on. Yeesh. They're all distracted <laughs> by the horse feast that we've heard about with all the zombies surrounding that. So he, he, get, he leaves the tank, and it's just like a crazy action scene. He just proceeds to just, like, shoot every zombie that comes towards him as he moves towards the alley. And it was a really cool scene. And then uh, Glenn grabs him and pulls him over and of course the crowd goes crazy including me <laughs> i started going nuts everyone did when they saw glenn on screen for the first time 
and uh, the two of them scurry up a ladder as a bunch of zombies are at the bottom clawing at the ladder. And uh, they get to the top, they, they hop over a couple of rooftops, and then they uh, drop down in, like by a department store. And all of a sudden, two guys in what looked like like homemade riot gear or something come out with baseball bats and just start like pummeling all the zombies that are around so that Rick and Glenn can get into the department store. So they do that, and they get inside, and um, we see Andrea for the first time. And again, there's like a ton of applause from the crowd. The crowd goes crazy when you see her. And she's pissed. Andrea's screaming that Rick is the reason that all the zombies are all riled up outside. So, and then they show, they show the glass and she points at the, the, gla the plate glass window at the front of the store and uh, the zombies are just pounding on it like crazy. And much like that email I sent you guys a couple of weeks ago, one of them picks up a rock and starts smashing the window with it and then it cuts to black. Yeah, Primitive tool use, I like that. Yeah, primitive tool, <laughs> yep, they definitely did that. So I was surprised to see that. I was like, oh, just like what I uh, emailed these guys. So uh, <laughs> so that was the first uh, the first bit of footage. It was definitely more action-heavy than the second one. Well, let's, before we get into the second one, so mm -hmm. does Rick use the grenade for anything, or does he just carry it? I don't I don't think so, no. He grabs it, and he like, looks at it, kind of chuckles, but he, he doesn't actually use it, I don't think. He just uses the pistol that he has. I think he actually might have hit someone with, with, with something, with uh, hit a zombie with something at, at, at first, the first one he sees, but then the next ones, he's just like, boom, 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 just shooting them as he's running down and walking down towards the alley to, to meet up with Glenn. That's the, the beauty part of, uh, of a grenade. It's just nice to have in yeah. case you need it. You don't need to use it, but it's just nice to have. Not effective against zombies. That's what, uh, that's yeah. what uh, Max Brooks says. Yeah, and the uh, zombie survival guide, yeah. yeah. That's true, although you would think that when there's a big crowd around the tank like that, he could use it to clear a little bit of a path, you know? I mean, if he that's just true. chucked true. it in there, it might blow them apart a little bit to run out but yeah true sounds like he got out of there anyways maybe so. he uses it later yeah. on you know it's only about four or five minutes of footage and uh you didn't get to see him use the grenade but maybe he does later on in the in that episode yeah now this episode uh according to the imdb is called guts and i got to assume that is a huh? reference to oh did we lose anybody no, no I'm, I'm here i'm still here sounded like okay. it sounded like i know there was a cutout but Sorry. Brief yeah, cut out. No problem. On my side too. I was just saying uh, the episode is called Guts, and that, of course, is a reference to the fact that Rick and Glenn have to smear zombie guts all over themselves to to get through. At least that's what happens in the comic, and I I believe we know that that happens in the in the book too. I mean, in the in the TV show too. Um, it also I think that means might be later on, though, that might be like in another episode when they come back to Atlanta. Because remember, at first, I don't think they did it. I think they did it only when they came back for supplies, right? When they went to get guns in Atlanta, isn't that when they did the? Yeah, in the, in the graphic novel, stuff? that's that's true. However, the thing about this is, Andrea is in in the city with Glenn, right. which is yep. new, which doesn't happen new, in the yeah. comic, which none doesn't happen. This, I wonder yeah, if they're sort of, happened. I wonder if they're sort of combining, well, yeah, none of it really did happen, but if they're kind the of combining scenes where Glenn and Andrea come in together to get supplies and they run into to Rick at that point. That looks like what it is. Yeah. Yeah. There were other characters in there too. There was what I'm presuming is uh, Jackie and T-Dog. Was that the other character that yep. they announced? Yeah. 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 That's they were in the department store with them, but um, really it was just the main focus from what I saw was Andrea just being really angry that Rick got them all riled up out there and that they were dead and that they would never get out of there now. And that's pretty from, much what they cut it. From what you you described about the footage, that's, that's a lot of that stuff's in that 17-minute uh, doc. 
that's oh, uh, AMC. Rich. Yeah, and it shows that Andrea, like, I think, doesn't she put a gun to Rick's yeah, face? Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, she's really pissed off. Yeah. Jeez. One of the things we saw in the sizzle reel from last week, too, was Andrea in the department store, and we didn't really have any context for that yet, but I think we see her in that. I, th I mean, I think we see Rick giving her a gun in that, and of course, as we all know, he kind of trains her to be a, a good marksman and so on, so that might be the first time he hands her a gun. Did you see that in the footage uh, this weekend? I didn't. I don't think I saw that, but I, they did bring up the whole thing, of, like when they were interviewing Andrea later on, or when she was t talking about her character, then Frank comes out and says, uh, and she gets really good at guns. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a cool line. All right, so that, that sounds amazing. I mean, that was sort of the flagship uh uh, piece of video that I think they were mm. they were going for here, but there was other uh, there was other clips too, right? Well, there was one more clip that was more of like a character piece. It was um, it was shorter and uh, it opened up with Dale, and again everyone went crazy seeing Dale on screen. And uh, then you see you see Laurie and um, and uh, Carl and and Shane are are over talking on the side and. Basically, like they want to go, like they, the, the call comes in that you know they're stuck at the department store. The rest of them and they want to go save them, but you know Shane doesn't want to go. Lori wants to go, but you know Shane's like, no, we're we're just gonna stay and wait for them to come back. And that's pretty much all I can remember from that one. It wasn't as long of a scene. It was just like just a couple little character moments. The, the first one was definitely like you said, the flag flagship scene with all the action in it and stuff. Did you get any indication in that second scene of whether Laurie knows that Rick is there yet, or is it just because Andrea is there? I don't think there? she has any idea yet, no. And she even, she talks about it, Sarah Wayne Callies talks about it later on, saying when she first sees Rick, like, walk up, she, it, it was a, a reaction of horror. She was not expecting him to even be alive, so I don't even think she has any idea until they all get back to the camp that Rick is even alive, so... Yeah, it's more dramatic, I think, that way, just like right. in the book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're yeah. right. I, I'm sort of glad to hear that. I want to see them reunited, you know, completely uh, unknown at that at that moment, so. Yeah, it hits harder that way. I bet it does, yeah. Um, so that's awesome. That was it for footage? Yeah, that was pretty much, so it was about six and a half minutes altogether, I said, unless it was maybe the first footage was six and a half minutes and the second one was longer. But yeah, that was the two scenes. I, I think at the very end they said they showed a trailer or maybe showed that first scene over again. I, I left before the very end. I got to hear about, I don't know, five or six questions from the crowd, and then we had to make a train, so right. we didn't get to the very end. Um, so then what about the, uh, the Q and a session? Uh, a lot of the principal actors were there and of course producers mm -hmm. and Frank Darabont. Um, mm -hmm. I saw a brief, you know, bootleg type clip online of the actors introducing themselves and their characters. Right. Um, n nothing really new there. I, I knew all that and seen all that before, but, uh, what other kind of stuff did they talk about? Can you, can you give us an idea of anything new that came out of that? Um, well, let's see. Gail Ann Hurd relayed a story at first when she first came out, uh, came out about how the series was picked up and said that when she contacted AMC and asked if they were interested in The Walking Dead, that the executive at AMC asked Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead, which totally shocked the crowd. Ooh. Like they apparently at AMC, they were fans or whatever and knew about the, you know, knew about the comic before. So that was probably what sped up the, uh, you know, the picking up process and picking up the show. That's cool. I mean, that's cool to know that. That's good uh, to hear, yeah, for sure. And it also means season two is probably more likely than it would be otherwise. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else here? Let's see what I got in my notes. Kirkman and Darabon joke that they want to give the Simpsons a run for their money by doing at least 20 seasons. <laughs> 22 years would be great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Simpsons, the longest running TV show or American TV show? American TV show. I think yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who's been on for quite some time. Well, sure, and <laughs> some British stuff has been going forever. But, yeah, The Simpsons is the longest running, so in 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Shooting um, for that. <laughs> unless The Simpsons is still going. Yes, which, of course. You know, there's a good chance of that. Uh, that's cool. Uh, something I heard online, it got tweeted heavily, I think. Frank Darabont said something like, The Walking Dead will make Breaking Bad look like pansies. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the exact word he used, but yeah, it was it was pretty close to that. <laughs> That's uh, awesome because Breaking Bad. I mean, we've talked about it here a little bit before, and I don't know if you guys watch it, but it's oh, yeah. probably my yeah, favorite yeah. show right now. They, until they the Walking Dead. The guy in the tub. I mean, that's yeah, you know, that's pretty yeah, hardcore. That, that scene was yeah, yeah. It, it totally is, and it's like they they do all kinds of stuff like that on that show. It's so. pretty gritty, that's for sure. It definitely yeah. is gritty, absolutely. So that is awesome. So, so Ethan, what was the, the what was the whole mood like? I mean, people must have been excited, but what was it like getting in and, and waiting? Did you wait long to get into the? Oh panel? yeah, that that whole part of of it was kind of brutal. I mean, they, you know, supposed to start at two fifteen. We lined up around one or so, I would say, and. Uh, at first, we were just there online, right in front of the theater with the line, like, you know, we were right near the front. I thought they were going to let us right in. But then they, like, herded us all into this, like, this huge side room where we were like cattle in these aisles. Oh, it was so yeah. bad. And we were there forever. And they didn't tell us what we, you know, I was hoping we were there for the right thing. But at this point, it was coming on 2.30, 2.45. And I'm going, like, this is supposed to have started at 2.15. I hope we're not lined up for, like, the Bruce Pan Bruce Campbell panel or whatever the next one. <laughs> that was supposed to come up because they didn't come on they didn't tell us what we were there for or anything but then finally around three o'clock they uh they let us in and there was probably around 500 people i would say or at least a couple of hundred that didn't get in i mean they couldn't have gotten in because huh. there was so many people in this little room that they herded us into and we when we got in it was probably 75 to 80 percent full and uh, we got a pretty decent seat in front of one of the big screens on the side. They had, you know, the dais in the middle, and then they had two huge screens on the side that showed the footage and then showed, you know, them up there so we could look at that instead of, you know, hurt, hurting our necks right. <laughs> looking at the other, uh, looking at the dais itself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it started later, and it was kind of tough to get in, but it was so worth it. It was definitely, I was... I was really pumped to be there. And you said people were cheering and stuff. Everyone was just super excited? Yeah, people were cheering at everything. Like, you know, they were laughing, cheering. I mean, the, the people were fun. You know, Robert Kirkman's hilarious. I mean, he's yeah. so sarcastic. He's always, like, <laughs> making jokes. You know, they asked him about what was it like winning the Eisner Award, and he was like, oh, it's horrible, terrible, worst day of my life. You know, he's always really sarcastic like that. So, you know, there was definitely some laughs in the crowd with that stuff, and, you know, the cast was saying some funny stuff. So it was, yeah, it was definitely, the, the, yeah, the, the turnout, you know, the, the, the crowd was definitely into it, put it that way. That's awesome. Cheering along with everything going on. So. That's amazing. Well, that's his space audience right there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so, uh, uh, Jay, you didn't make it to the panel, but you were out for the rest of the convention. Was there a big Walking Dead presence outside of the panel at the convention? Just um, just the image booth. I mean, they had the gigantic um, uh, billboard display of uh, Bicycle Girl, you know, the, the iconic Bicycle Girl image. Yep. And then uh, Charlie Adler's uh, depiction of the characters and then the photographs of the, of the actors. 
And I mean, they had all the merchandise there. They had, you know, Dale hats with Walking Dead on them. And I got one of those. Um, I got one of the plush zombies that they were handing out exclusively oh, yeah. um, with the removable head thing. I'll take a photograph of one so you can uh, so you can see. But um, is it is it like a teddy bear? Yeah, it's you know it's a small little little doll. I mean, it actually looks very cheaply made, but <laughs> but um, it's pretty cool. And then you know they had uh, the hardcover book six was available there, oh, yeah. which I think is um, I think that was the only place that was selling book six. Um, I didn't see any other tables doing that. And then um, also they had the the hardcover for the covers, the first um, was it twenty issues I think, um, so that was available. That's so. that's cool. Those two things are due in stores Wednesday, Wednesday or maybe the Wednesday. next week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it definitely was a definitely early solicitation. So they, cool. uh, they 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 had that going. Yeah. So it was a little chaotic. I mean, they were they were making uh, for the for the signing. They were handing out tickets beforehand, and then they were vague about where you line up. And I mean, some, sometimes these things can be pretty pretty bad when when people get angry and huffy and waiting in line and stuff so yeah um uh, i remember last year there was a there was a problem with um i think it was uh, frank miller was signing and uh, dark horse they were just throwing out these these rings these rubber bands and people were just almost stomping on each other trying to get them and <laughs> i was just like oh the hell with this <laughs> no kidding so but um but with robert i mean after you know, after everybody settled down, it was just you could you know go up there and you know chat with them, and no one was you know pushing you to to you know keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. So that that's what it was like on Saturday with Bruce Campbell. It was like keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> so on a side note, did you talk to Bruce Campbell? Um, briefly, but I mean, he's he's he just seemed to. I and maybe he was tired because it was towards the uh, the end of his signing, but um, very sarcastic, very. Very ash. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I had him sign my uh, my copy of uh, Evil Dead, the DVD, the the, the 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 evil book version, the foam the foam version. If you guys are familiar with that one, nice. And um, he was like, I guess, as I said, uh, I have one bit of advice for you: burn this book. So, I'm like, okay, all right. Very funny. I like your shoes. <laughs> uh. Bruce Campbell, what a guy! He was he was at our recent like uh, uh, fan expo thing they call it up here, but I didn't want to pay the money to go and get his autograph because it was expensive. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, if Kirkman came up or if somebody involved in The Walking Dead, I'd be there in a second. Oh, so. for sure. Uh, well, that's cool. Do you guys have anything else that you can share from the Comic Con? Um, well, I had a couple thoughts about the footage that I didn't get to say. Sure. And one thing was that it, I noticed it was funnier than I thought it would be. You know, the, the uh. you know, the um, I was thinking beforehand. You know, like this, you know, the show is it going to be super dark? I mean, we know the comic is dark, but what's the, you know, what's the going to be the vibe of the show? And actually, you know, the the banter between Glenn and Rick was actually funny. Like I laughed out loud a couple of times. It, it definitely broke the mood a little bit, but with tension in the background the whole time, it was kind of a weird mix, but it worked. It definitely worked for, for the scene, huh. you know? And the other thing I noticed was that, you know, getting whole scenes as opposed to a trailer or a, or a sizzle reel was great. Cause you got a real sense of the pacing of the show, you know, like what it's going to be like in the long form, not just like stuff cut up, you know, and the, the pacing was good. It was, it moved along, it chugged along, and you just couldn't wait to hear what the next line of dialogue was going to be. So that was just some other notes I took on the, uh, on, on the footage. That's cool. I mean, one of the things we've talked about on past uh, podcasts is that there needs to be, 
especially in the TV medium, there needs to always be some comic relief. I mean, if something's too dark mm-hmm. and too heavy, uh, listeners probably are going to get depressed and move on from it, you know? Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Uh, you know, the comic doesn't need as much comic relief, I don't think, because you can read it at your own pace and you can put it down and things like that. But right. on TV, you need some of that. So it's kind of kind of good to, to hear as long as they don't mm-hmm. take it too far. We don't want this to be a comedy. No, it definitely wasn't a comedy. Like I said, the tension of the scene of, like, Rick being trapped in the tank was you know, always present in the background, but just like the banter with him and, and Glenn was great. You know, like they definitely were going back and forth a little bit. Like, you know, Rick's all like wanting to get to know him and Glenn's like, you know, this isn't the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm Rick. What's your name? You know, and Glenn's like, do I have to remind you that there's like a zombie apocalypse going on outside? And, like, and that was just one of the things I definitely laughed out loud a couple of times. So I don't know, maybe I'm just more into it being a super fan, but other people were laughing too. So that's cool. That's really I love awesome. the fact that um, that all that stuff is 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 like it's midday light. It's everything's really nice and clean and real clear to see. You know, there's no like dark shadows and and it's all moody and stuff like that. It's really kind of taking all that, all those zombie films that have come before and just throwing out all that the, the moodiness and it's like here it is. This is start. This is like reality here. You know, still got a little film grain. Yeah, a little bit. It's still got a little right? bit of film grain to make it to make it feel gritty, and it definitely works. Like I love the way it was shot yeah. with the Super 16 and everything. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, not being shot digitally, I think, makes a mm-hmm. huge difference, right? Yeah, definitely. Good decision on their part. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, if there's um, if there's nothing else about the uh, about the Comic Con, yeah, thanks so much for for going and and just coming on the show to tell us a little bit about it. Um, we're going to move on to a few news items this week, then do some brief listener feedback, and then we'll uh, wrap things up for this week. So, um, the first news item I have here is that there was a review of the pilot episode posted. This uh-huh. is from blogomatic3000.com, um, yeah. and there are some extremely strong um, you know, uh, strong points in here. I'm going to read one paragraph from it, and then uh, we'll see what we all think. Uh, from the review, it says, I'm not going to go into detail about the plot in this review because I don't want to spoil the episode for those like me that haven't read the comic. Yes, I'm ashamed to admit that it's one comic I've never had the pleasure of reading. But suffice to say, the first episode marks the series as the premier show on television today. There, I've said it. Mm. The Walking Dead huh. is the best show on TV Period. That's uh, that's pretty Straight strong words. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one episode. Better than Glee. <laughs> different than Glee, I'm Dif- sure. Different, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, one episode he's seen, and this guy comes out and says that this is the best show on TV. Now, I'm the kind of person that can be like that. You know, I can see one, two episodes of a show and be like, "Oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen." I did feel like that when I started watching Breaking Bad. Um, but really, I mean, the best show on TV already. Do you think? Do you think it's? Do you think you can make that judgment after seeing one episode? I think I, uh, I think it's possible to make that judgment. You might be he might be uh, you know grandstanding as well. He might be just trying to get his quote read on podcasts and various such things. Yeah, well, it worked. <laughs> yeah. So you know I you know I've watched a couple of episodes of something and thought it was the best thing ever. Uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. After watching mm-hmm. the miniseries, I was like, "Yeah, that's it. This is this is the best thing that uh, ever <laughs> is going to be on TV." And in fact, yeah. one of the uh, one of the episodes of uh, 
Battlestar Galactica was the best thing that t- my TV ever showed me, and it still mm-hmm. stands to this day. It was the uh, Baltar's trial scene when Starbuck oh, got yeah. up and yeah. uh, not Starbuck, but Apollo got up and uh, defended him. And yeah, it, yeah, it was, was just it was absolutely yeah. brilliant, and uh, you know this very well could be the best thing that ever is has been shown on a TV screen, but uh, you know if it comes from multiple sources over time it becomes a little more believable yeah. for for me I, I i really need to see a couple episodes i want to try to be objective as uh, objective as possible um i, I mean i'm a rabid fan of of the book but um I, for for the show part of me is just like i need to step back look at it and then take it all in so yeah that's the thing i mean we've been we've been so close to this for the past number of months just you know uh, taking every news item and every bit of information that comes out you know more so than almost anybody else probably and i think when the show actually airs on halloween i'm i'm gonna have to force myself to just step back and try not to think about everything i've thought about for the last like you know 12 months of doing this podcast and and just try to experience it as someone who loves the comic and actually loves TV. So, you know, best thing on TV? I don't know, but I hope so. You yeah. know, I've watched, uh, you know, when I get really excited about a television show and I am anticipating it very, very much, I have a hard time watching it that first time. Like, I'm mm. so excited that I cannot uh, get into the show. I cannot just sit back, relax, and enjoy what is uh, what is being depicted so i think that in the case i'm going to be so very excited about this show i think before i can have an objective opinion i'm going to have to watch it three or four times <laughs> yeah just to yeah. make sure that i see everything <laughs> and that my yeah. adrenaline is not just completely overriding anything that uh, that's actually happening wow yeah. <laughs> you know that happens to me occasionally with movies uh, i i I was really, really excited to to see The Dark Knight, and I remember walking out of the first screening of that going, okay, I know I love that, but I need to go watch it again because I feel like I (laughs) missed half the movie, you know? Yeah. So so we'll see. In the review, he goes on to say that the score by Bill uh, Bear McCreary is amazing. Uh, The exact quote is, McCreary's score is spot on, a balance of extended periods of silence, eerie dramatics, and an understated grandiosity that matches Darabont's epic direction perfectly. So that's exciting to know. That is good to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And finally, he just finishes with, for me, watching The Walking Dead really does feel like watching something special, obviously. This truly is event television. So Mm. if anybody's listening that didn't... You know, they weren't sure if they were going to tune in or not. <laughs> this is an event. You have to. Why would you listen to a podcast if you weren't sure you were going to tune Who in? Who knows? Right. Um, the next news item we have is that a new 30-second TV spot was released. Um, it's got a few new scenes in it. Uh, now, this relates back to what you saw at uh, the Comic-Con, Ethan. There's mm-hmm. a scene with Rick in the tank. And the military yep. guy is beside him, who I guess he takes oh, yeah. the grenade from. In mm-hmm. the in the trailer, that guy is a zombie, and he wakes up in the tank. Do you did you get to see Rick kill him in the tank? No, no, I didn't get to see that. And I'm wondering where it happens. Like, if maybe huh. they cut it a little bit. Like, maybe it happens before he exits the tank, or maybe it happens before we see it. Before Glenn comes on the radio, I, I can't, I couldn't figure out where that was placed in the actual footage. But yeah, I was looking out for that, but I didn't see it. That's interesting. So maybe yep. what you saw wasn't quite a complete take yet, or yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe what we saw in the TV spot is something that's not going to make the final cut of the show. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Could be either way, really. 
Um, but I kind of hope it does because that was probably the most awesome scene in that uh, TV spot to me. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about uh, being in close quarters <laughs> yeah. with, with a yeah. zombie, you know, <laughs> and still not really knowing what the hell is going on. So, I, I would think that usually when you crawl into a tank, you feel pretty safe. Just yeah, as a general definitely. rule. But when you crawl into a tank and you look over and there's a zombie beside you, that's got to be very upsetting. <laughs> so you have to think maybe that guy died in there, you know? I mean, like, that was his, he couldn't escape, so he just sat in there and, well, died of, you know, not no food, no water, and yeah. that's the way he expired. He probably yeah. pulled the same, he probably had the same idea Rick had, but never made right. it out. Yeah. Wow. Because, I mean, that was... To help him out. <laughs> yeah. That, that was one of the, the rules established in the comic that you don't need to get bitten. You, if you die, you come back. Yeah, when you that's die, right. you just come back. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's right. So, and and maybe Rick will learn here, you have to always, always watch for lurkers. That's right. Because <laughs> that guy is a lurker. That's right. A lurker. He hadn't moved. Um, the other scene from the TV spot that I thought was cool, it was just really, really quick, was Glenn driving a car. It looked like a Mustang. Do you guys know what kind of car that was? Uh, no, I didn't see that. that, yeah, that I, don't, I didn't I, see that one. Kind of a yeah, red. I didn't remember that, yeah. Red. It's a really quick scene. You see Glenn driving a red sort of sporty car. I think it might have been a Mustang, but uh, I don't know. Whether that's in the final cut of the show or not, I think it might be sort of fun to see him mow down a few zombies in a car. <laughs> I think a Mustang is a good idea, and I think it would set it up as uh, the Mustang being the apocalypse car, because that was in, uh, uh, what was it, I Am Legend? He drove around in a Mustang. Oh, that's through, right. Through and New York. Downtown Manhattan. Downtown right. Manhattan, yeah. So I think uh, yeah. I think if it is a Mustang, then uh, the Mustang is the official apocalypse car. The official car of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> of any apocalypse. I suppose. <laughs> no zombies in I Am Legend, right? Vampires? Uh, yeah, they were vampires. They were vampires. Yeah, yeah, like half zombie. Yeah, I guess half zombie, half vampire. They were, eh, you, I don't remember, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that they movie. They were something new. Yeah, they were something new. Yeah, it was kind of something new that was didn't have a... A label, actually. So, moving along, the next news item is that press kits have been sent out to certain uh, news outlets, I guess, and Fused Film did an unboxing on film. Have you guys seen this? No, no, I haven't watched it yet. I saw the post about it, but I didn't. I didn't watch it. I, I felt I'd be too jealous. <laughs> oh my! I hear you. It is so cool looking. The stuff they got. Wow. So it comes in a really nice box. Obviously, Walking Dead printed on the front. He opens yeah. it up. There's a hardcover uh, book, which is basically a companion guide to the show. It's got pictures, character descriptions, all that kind of stuff. Really, really nice looking book. Um, there's a few letters and, and, uh, journalist type stuff, like a contact sheet of images and so on. But then, uh, the really, really neat thing was that there was a replica handgun in there. That is the Hmm. gun that I guess Rick is using in the show. Yeah. The revolver. Right. Yeah. The revolver. I forget what it's called, but he, he lists the name of it. Um, that was really cool. Only a thousand made and I guess sent to press. So press gets all the cool stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm looking at it online. Wow. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. As I'm soon... so jealous. <laughs> uh... So, listen, AMC, podcasts are press, 
And uh, yeah. next year, when you have something cool like this, we would appreciate it, too. We'll talk about it a lot. We sure will. <laughs> you know? Um, and then, of course, it had two discs, one with uh, the episodes, the first two episodes, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, one disc with uh, press printing images and stuff like that. So um, very, very cool. I, I don't know what the policy is on writing reviews. You know, this one that we talked about came out already. Uh, but who knows if that's sort of uh, an authorized review or not. I'm not really sure. But if, if, if they're letting people write about it already, we're going to end up with lots more online in the near future, I would think. Oh, yeah. Um, so that is pretty cool. And finally, in kind of a weird news item, I thought, apparently The Walking Dead is going to be made into a trilogy of novels next year, 2011. Um, why, why do you find that weird? Well, it's already a book. Well, it's a graphic novel, but that's a different medium than, say, TV or a you know a novelization. Sure, I I just it it seems like strange timing to me to have a successful graphic novel going, still ongoing. It's not like it's finished. Have a TV show that's just starting and is bound to be successful. You know, I hope. And now all of a sudden, put out a novelization. I mean, they're just doing everything they can to capitalize on the current popularity. No. Well, I, I enjoy novelization. Like I, I like I love the graphic novel. I love being uh, being able to read that. But I also like to read uh, an actual novel. Like I'm sad to say, I've read uh, most of the Halo novels. Like that's weird to, you know, make a novel out of a video game. But it's happened. And they also oh, did. I've a, done it too. I've done it with, <laughs> yeah, Mass, Effect, with the Mass Effect. Oh, there you books. go. I've read both of those. So. Chris, you're the only one here that. Uh, now there's uh, there's also a novelization of uh, the story where. Uh, Superman dies and comes back to life, or a bunch of different versions of him come back to life. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. I haven't read novels, no. Yeah, I mean, I know it was a graphic novel, but uh, I read a novelization of that and uh, and loved it. I thought it was great. Well, uh, Deadline.com reports that the books will be conceptualized and outlined by Robert Kirkman before being developed by horror novelist Jay Bonansinga. Um, he's not somebody I'm familiar with. Me neither. But, uh, you know, I'll read them. Even though Absolutely. I think it's a little, a little weird, I'll read them. Um, the understanding right now is that these books will not feature the characters we know. They will take place in the Walking Dead universe, but we won't have Rick, Laurie, any of those people. We'll have different characters undergoing different stories somewhere else. Well, that'd cool. be good. Yeah, it, it is kind of cool to see that, it, just to get another perspective on the well, whole that, thing. Well, that's guess. really good, because it's, it's definitely not a rehash of the of the story. Like, they're not just going to tell the story again in a different medium. They're actually going to tell a different story of in the same, you know... Universe. Universe. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a great idea. Well, that, I, that actually even makes me feel better about it. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> I'll read them, but Jason, it's your job to read them as soon as they come out and then report on them. Yep. All right. Uh, so that's it for the news this week. Not too much stuff. We're going to do a little bit of listener feedback, and then we'll wrap things up. So um, Frey from Southern California writes in, and he says, uh, I've been listening to your show since the very beginning and have enjoyed each episode. I'm sitting here at work listening to episode 25 and had to comment on something that has always bugged me. In this episode, you read a list of rules for the Walking Dead zombies. That came from the uh, Walking Dead AMC Twitter account. Um, one of, of the rules was that zombies have poor eyesight but a good sense of smell. He goes on to say, my question is this. 
how can something that's dead, i.e. not breathing, smell something? Maybe I'm an idiot, but doesn't smelling require breathing? I don't know about anyone else, but I can't smell anything if I don't inhale, which requires taking a breath. <laughs> um, logically, anything not living cannot breathe. So how the hell is this possible? Uh, what's your take on how a zombie's body functions when it's reanimated? Thanks and keep up the wonderful work. Okay. So, so good point. I think we realistically have to suspend our disbelief because, yeah. you know, realistically, if something's dead, they're not walking around either. <clears throat> they're not looking for something to eat. They're not uh, They're not going to smell anything. They're not going to breathe. They're not going to hear anything. You know, they're dead. Wait a minute. Are you going to tell me Batman's not real either? Uh, well, Batman's <laughs> real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry about Batman. That's fine. He doesn't have any superpowers, so he's uh, Yeah, he's fine. Real. He's just a gadget guy. True. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, to answer Frey's question, it's just a matter of suspending your disbelief yeah. at this point. Yeah, I mean, we talked about uh, you know brain function for uh, for zombies and what you know how how much of their brain can be used, and I think that uh, smell is a very base kind of thing, right? It's a very basic <laughs> ability. Uh, same with sight and hearing. You know, you know higher functions like uh, doing you know high order calculus is probably out <laughs> of the range of you know your your average zombie. But uh, I think, uh, you know, picking up a rock or smelling something, I think that's okay. That works. Right. Right. Darabon has said he's going back to what Romero did in Night of Living Dead. I mean, that first zombie in the graveyard. I mean, that guy, he picks up that rock, he smashes the window of the car. Um, so he's using that as, as, the, as the template. So. And, and frankly, it makes the zombies a little bit more of a threat if they have more yeah. than one way of finding you, too, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't you know? think they're superpowers. Like, they're, they don't have super no. smell, but uh, <laughs> I think that they can smell. All right. Because my, you know, personally, my sense of smell is absolutely horrible. <laughs> you know, if I was a zombie, I'd be, you'd be fine if you could, you know, mask your smell somehow. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be able to see them. I got pretty good eye eyesight. But my smell sucks. All right. So it's good. If you hide from a zombie, you're not necessarily hidden because they can smell you. Hmm. All righty. Um, anybody have any other thoughts on, on the zombie rules from last week? Well, um, no, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. I agreed with Jason about the flock mentality. And that, that, you know, what he said was, was right. They, they move because one hears something and the other ones follow. You know, it's not a supernatural thing. Yeah. Yeah, they just follow where one's going, they all go, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's got a good idea. Maybe there's something over there. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what, was, what was the alternate flock versus pack? Oh, pack. Pack mentality has a pack has a leader. A flock does not. Okay, gotcha. All righty. So, uh, Jason, are there any iTunes five-star reviews this week? Well, we have one. We have one uh, in the Canadian store, five stars from uh, Scythe Noir. Uh, best podcast about The Walking Dead TV and comic book. I wonder how uh, graphic they will get in the torture of the governor in the TV series. Show oh, needs not, yeah. show <laughs> needs more Canadians. I don't know. I hope they're talking about that show because this show has uh, lots of Canadians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even today, we're still 50%. We're still 50% Canadian here. That's right. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for the iTunes reviews. Please, by all means, if you're listening and you feel the urge, go over to iTunes and write a five-star review. We really, really appreciate that. Um, and I think that's going to wrap up the episode for this week. Uh, Jay and Ethan, thanks so much for coming on. Um, well, Ethan, do you have anywhere online you want to plug or send people to to find out more about you? 
a Twitter no, account, anything really. like that? No, I actually don't have Twitter or Facebook. I'm actually kind of against both of those two things, but that's we okay. won't go into that now. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's a whole other topic, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in that case, Jay, why don't you remind people where they can find you if they want to look up the map or anything else you do? Um, well, you just look up the annotated uh, Walking Dead Google map, and uh, you'll be directed to... There's a bunch of links for that, so you can go check that out. And uh, go over the, the, the uh, image boards, and um, we'll look at Robert Kirkman's forum, and there's lots of cool stuff on there um, to, to look for. And then um, I have a, my own zombie creation, uh, My Living Dead Girl, uh, mylivingdeadgirl.com. Go check that out. Um, and I guess that's about it, really. That's cool. I went and read a little bit of that uh, webcomic you do. It's it's pretty awesome stuff, so every, everybody Thanks. should go check that out. If you want to find out more about us, you can do so at TalkingDeadPodcast.com. You can email us at TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash TalkingDead. Finally, if you would like to give us a call, the voicemail line is 206-202-1568. Please do that. Uh, we love getting calls, and we play most of them on the air. So that is wonderful. Uh, guys, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we will uh, see everybody next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Take care.